1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. We're brought up to believe that people who are the life and soul of the party are the happy ones and that if you're a shy person, someone who prefers fewer people, who is not the loudest in the room, you're somehow not leading as good a life as those extroverts, that by being shy you're essentially broken. My guest today totally disagrees with this, insisting that the best way we can support our shy children is to celebrate their shyness. Having suffered from crippling shyness herself as a child, Nadia Feiner is on a crusade to help shy children. As well as being an author, she runs shyness programs with schools and is an ambassador for girl guiding, collaborating with them on a shy and mighty badge. She says, I believe shyness is a diversity issue we don't yet recognize. It's a cognitive difference, yet we don't think of shy people as neurodiverse. Nadia, thank you so much for joining me. And I love this notion that shyness is a difference, that it's a diversity as opposed to something that is kind of negative, because I was definitely brought up to sort of, you know, really celebrate those people in my kind of, in my my circle of friends, my peers who were the sort of extrovert ones and the shy shy ones were definitely regarded as sort of kind of underdogs, as it were.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. And, um, yeah, it's so true. I think it's something that we're conditioned to believe that um, the louder you are, within reason, um, the better. And that if you're um, someone who hangs back, who's a bit more reserved... Perhaps you're better on with one-to-one conversations than in massive groups. Um, you you're kind of led to believe that you're, you know, you're not good enough, or there's something wrong with you. Um, and I think that starts early, and for me, definitely continues through into adulthood, into the workplace. And it's something that I've had to kind of manage and struggle with through my life. And it's only now that I'm doing this work that. I um, am starting to see that it's something that society could view differently.
1: it's interesting so we're recording this shortly after sort of jubilee celebrations i feel like we've had a sort of week or a weekend certainly of kind of lots of parties and mixing with lots of people and you definitely think it's the children that kind of get right into the throng are the ones that are having the best time and the children that sort of stay, stay at the periphery i mean definitely my son is one of them are somehow not having such a fun time but he's always sort of reassuring me that actually he's having a lovely time it's just not the kind of fun that i like to Have because I'm not as shy as he is.
0: Yeah, exactly. We project our own preferences onto our kids, and we think, oh, you know, fun equals um, a very specific um, version of fun. And if you or your child does not um, fit into that, that it doesn't somehow count or um, it can't be true. Whereas actually, you know, someone might be perfectly happy reading a book um chatting to a dog <laughs> or just one other person or a couple of other people or you know that is fun for some people um it's not necessarily the case that everyone wants to be standing in the mi- middle of a big group of people it's not necessarily fun for everybody so i think we tend to judge um based on this very um, specific view of success, of of, of fun, Mm -hmm. of um, what it is to be a human even. And I think that's where I want to try and change attitudes a little bit because we know that 57% of people in Britain are shy, consider themselves to be shy. And I would even expect that that number, if we redid the research now post pandemic, that it might be higher and that the incidences of um, social anxiety, which is a kind of extreme form of shyness, would be much increased versus a few years ago. So this is not something which affects a tiny number of people. It's huge but the nature of it means that we don't talk about it. It's hard to put your hand up and say, excuse me, but I'm shy and this situation doesn't work for me because that's what being shy is.
1: You know, with the experience of being the parent of a shy child, one of the things I always say to my son is, don't be afraid of telling people that you're shy or that you're not enjoying it or that you're finding something, you know, quite overwhelming because actually admitting that you're vulnerable even at the beginning of any kind of relationship it sort of fast tracks that friendship I think it really makes people respect you and I think very often a shy person can come off as maybe slightly aloof maybe slightly unfriendly maybe sort of unwilling to kind of engage with people and if we acknowledged at the beginning I'm sorry I'm just really shy um, you immediately kind of forgive them a huge amount more I've definitely been in situations with people who I've definitely felt didn't like me or weren't that invested in whatever situation we were in and I've subsequently found out they're just very very shy and if I'd known that at the beginning I feel that it would have been so much better for our, our relationship so one of the things I would say to him is just be honest with how you're feeling and if you're saying I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm really shy people will immediately like you so much more and it will be much easier to connect with people.
0: One hundred percent. And if you think about the numbers, you know, pretty much half of the population have this have a similar experience. So it's just no one is talking about it. And I think you're completely right that if we do talk about it, and it's what I do, you know, that's I talk about it. I tell people I feel shy or I'm nervous doing this or this is difficult for me, and people understand. And then they um connect with you on a deeper level they support you because ultimately I think we want people to succeed we want to help others so for sure we need to that's one of the things I really recommend is that we we talk about it we own it it's nothing to be ashamed of I think previously though there was a shame around shyness and it wasn't something that people wanted to own or or, um, own up to Um, because I think it had a bit of a bad image, Um, you know, something that perhaps seems babyish or that you should have grown out of, and I'm hoping to change that by talking about it more, by sharing my experience, and encouraging others to do the same. You know, if I talk about my shyness, then hopefully other people will talk about theirs, and when they talk about theirs, all the other shy people who haven't admitted to it or mentioned it we'll hopefully talk about it and there's a kind of cascading effect um i've experienced it myself recently where someone i perceive to be um aloof or unfriendly um who i as a shy person worried was judging me (laughs) because that's part of being shy um I suddenly thought to myself, well, hang on a minute, perhaps they're shy. It's just surprising that they would be because in other aspects they seem so um, larger than life. But when I reframed their behaviour and started to see it through the lens of perhaps they're shy, um, it all suddenly made a lot more sense and we were able to talk to each other a bit more and it took away those feelings of judgement. So I... I think even as someone who's helping shy people, who writes about shyness, who talks about it a lot, I still can fall into that trap of thinking that because someone's not talking to me, they're not being friendly. So it is an issue. And I think the more that we can talk about it and feel like it's just part of normal human behaviour, it's a preference, it's part of the human condition, you know, it's just the way we are.
1: Well, and actually, I really like that comparison, you know, with kind of other neurodiverse issues. You know, and I look to our vocabulary, how common is it for us to say to a child, well, you don't need to be shy, You just need to get over your shyness. Come on, pull yourself together. And it's not like we say, oh, come on, you don't need to be dyslexic this is just the way people are wired and we can't so say don't be shy in the way that we say don't be autistic you
0: can't do that it's just the way you are. we do we totally do do. and I was in um it was a very strange experience I went to a cafe in Newcastle and they found this cafe completely by random um eventually and on the back wall graffiti shy Ben's getting out (laughs) I looked it up and that is a saying, shy kids get nothing. And I just thought, wow, this is so ingrained in our language, in our society, in the way that we talk to our kids and the way we talk to each other. Don't be shy. shy you know, being shy is bad. Oh, you're not shy. Come on. Kind of denying the experience. You're so right. You wouldn't say to someone, stop being autistic. It's part of the way people's brains are wired. It's part of who we are. And in the research I've done, I've shown that sure, we can inherit shyness from a parent. um, And it could be partly down to something that's happened in our lives. It could be something to do with the home situation or environment we're in. But for many of us, it is part of our makeup it's part of our kind of physiology you know to deny that or tell someone that they need to change it to fit in I mean when I think about it it's really rude (laughs) and upsetting um and we all need to try a little bit harder I think to um support people understand that you know it's that kind of shoving someone out onto a stage and telling them oh come on you'll be fine stop being shy you're not shy just get on with it because somehow we believe that it's okay um is it possible do you think to
1: grow out of shyness or to or to to you know become not shy to teach yourself not to become shy
0: yeah you can practice um overcoming aspects of it. I think this is why it's so complex because it is kind of part of who we are, but you can overcome the aspects of it which are holding you back, so you can practice. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous before that. I didn't worry about what people are gonna think, but I've done this a lot of times and I've practiced, so I think I can still do it, but there's, and I actually enjoy it, which is good, but it's more that. There are plenty of things that would persuade me not to do it. You know, there's reasons why I, sh- I wouldn't want to and it would be easier to let those things dominate. Um, so I think you can push past those things um, and learn to handle them. I met a guy the other day who owns a bank and he said, oh, you know, I'm a really shy sure person. But I've also learned to handle the bits of it that are difficult. So I don't think it goes away, but you can handle it. and I think you know the issue is it's ingrained into everything. It's in our education from from uh, nursery school, kindergarten right through. It's it's a secondary school. It's in it's in universities. Um, it's in professional in our professional lives. The way we're recruited for jobs. Um, and I think there's other aspects of society like the judicial system, the political system where it's not created by shy people for shy people it's created by outgoing people to suit more outgoing people um and there there is an issue because if you think about like I don't know if you heard in the news but that very sad story of a girl who was at Bristol University and social she had high levels of social anxiety and she was studying physics and her course, like, to become a good physicist, I imagine that suits shy people very well. You know, you're researching, you're working quietly, you're thinking deeply, coming up ideas and concepts. And then towards the end of her course, she had to present to over 300 people. And that was so difficult for her, such a massive source of anxiety. You know, she ended up um, sadly committing suicide and... I mean, the idea that a course has been created for a certain type of person when actually those skills are not really part of the subject. Like, why was that part of it? And why was nobody helping her? So, you know, I think it's important that we start looking at shyness that can become social anxiety and see if we can help support people and understand them better from a much younger age
1: and i i totally get your idea that you know if we're shy we should embrace that but i also think that sometimes when you're shy it's easier to say no to sort of social interactions and i think very often i think actually social interactions whether it's with a very few amount of people as one person um or lots of people are the sort of the real joy of life it's that finding some person that you really connect with and the problem with shy people is that very often when there's a sort of suggestion of a social interactional situation it's easier to say oh no I'm not going to go but there you thereby miss out on the opportunity of potentially meeting just one person who you really connect with and so definitely with my children I'll say try and you know come along and bring a book and if you you know we can always leave early if it's all sort of too much but don't just check out of of sort of interacting with people because you find it more intimidating than someone who's a bit more extrovert is that the right thing to be doing to encourage them not necessarily I'm not saying come to a sort of festival where you're surrounded by loads of people and you don't get any time on your own but just don't check out of social situations because I do think you're then, you know, risking the fact that you miss out on, on the odd friendship.
0: I think you're correct there that it's the problem is shy people miss out. We miss out because we don't put our hands up in class we miss out because we don't want to go to parties we miss out because we're overlooked or ignored and I think the issue becomes when missing out is almost a habit like we're so used to avoiding things that um it just becomes part of our lives and that missing out on relationships and connections and life is not that much fun and it It doesn't lead to happiness. So I would try to change the pattern of behaviour and move away from avoidance and missing out to... Taking a little risk
1: because I think the problem with shyness is that very often it 's this vicious circle you sort of you 're the quietest in the class and then you don 't want to go to the parties and then you sort of miss out on forming those friendships, so then you think, well oh, actually, no one likes me i 'm a boring person or i 'm not worthy of friendship i don 't get on with anyone and it 's not that that 's the case it 's just that because you 're shy you 're missing out on the opportunity to make those connections, so just a little baby step of you know maybe chatting to one person and being surprised that actually A lot of people are a lot more like you than than you imagine.
0: Yeah, I think we tend to be drawn to the loud people. We think we have to make friends with the most outgoing people. When actually, if you take a look around, you know, half of the population are shy. So therefore, in a class, you would probably be surprised that actually there's a whole bunch of people who feel similar in lots of situations and who also are a little on the quiet side so rather than feeling inferior or dominated by louder people um i suggest kind of looking around you and really seeing you know who else might be feeling the same who else is a little bit shy um, who else tends to stand on the sidelines and even just going over to them and saying oh hey um i sometimes feel shy in these situations um, you know, the chances are they're going to say, oh yeah, me too, and you have already formed a connection. We have to be careful, though, not to kind of over-emphasise you no, know, to kind of force our own um, version of friendship or um, socialising onto shy people. So... Um, you know, it's okay not to have a gang or to be in a big group. It's okay to have one or two friends who are really good friends. You know, friends for life. And I, I get a lot of messages from parents who are worried that their kid is, maybe, socializing differently to the way they socialize. Um, and I think we need to be more open to different forms, of of hanging out and of making friends. Um, rather than expecting quieter kids to integrate into kind of louder groups um, which is you know can be fun but also it's not necessarily the kind of connection we're craving Um, and it's easy to end up being kind of dominated um, in a way that doesn't feel great.
1: I mean it's difficult, difficult if your family are sort of quite like, you know, lots of people and meeting new people. I I personally love meeting new people and being in an environment where there's lots of people that I've never met before. I find it really interesting. And yet, you know, I've got a child who who finds that very, very difficult. But as a family, we can't just sort of relinquish what we all enjoy in favour of what he likes. But at the same time, I'm aware of wanting to be the best mother to um, a shy child. So how do you navigate that?
0: Um, so my, I guess if it would help if we could think of a specific situation and then we can give examples. So um, perhaps, like, would you be having like going around to other people's houses yeah let's say we're well, going
1: around to actually so this weekend you know we're going around to someone's house there were maybe going to be 20 people there lots of sort of children of different ages I knew they'd have fun but he was like I don't really want to go and, and part of me was thinking well I really want you to come and just see if you're going to have fun but the other part of me was thinking do you know what if you're just going to be moping around and saying I want to go home I want to go home and sort of ruin the night for everyone you might as well just stay at home and sort of read your book but then I'm just aware that you can't just check out of life and the more he does that the less opportunity he has to sort of make friends
0: on the face of it so what you know it's just a party um sure he'll he'll be all right um but for him and i feel his pain (laughs) because for me that it's difficult you know i'm thinking immediately oh gosh there's pressure there's it's noisy um I like the people going, I'd happily talk to one or two of them at a time but there's too many people there at once and it's going to be quite tiring for me and I won't know everyone and I start having this kind of dialogue with myself where I'm kind of talking myself out of going. I find personally that going is good because I will overcome those things and I will probably have a good time But I think having some understanding from people around me whereby I'm not literally being dragged and kind of shoved into a situation that I find really hard, but to others seems kind of average. Like, it's good that you understand that it's difficult. I think having, if he can have something with him, like an activity that he can get on with, whether it's a book, which is a little bit antisocial, or some sort of activity that maybe someone else might look at and go oh what's that that's interesting can I join that's a kind of double whammy because it gives them an opportunity to do something alone but also invite others in I prefer to be busy at these kinds of parties I mean obviously I'm a grown-up so I end up kind of gravitating towards um, the kitchen (laughs) where I'll you know, find a job to do and I'll chat to people while i maybe make some drinks or washing up or doing something like that to keep busy. So for kids, if there's a way that maybe this is where I always find pets come in very handy. So it's always useful if there's a pet around because, you know, a kid can, hopefully they like pets, um, they can keep busy kind of looking after the dog as a distraction.
1: Yeah, I know that makes absolute sense. Is there stuff as parents that we think might be helping that doesn't really help shy children? Do you ever sort of observe parents trying to help their children but actually kind of making it worse?
0: Yes, I do. Um, I We've touched on the language, so I think there's a big issue around talking about the problem or you need to be fixed or there's something wrong with you and even parents do say those things. Um, Also, an approach which is too much, too forceful. We discussed kind of tiny steps, didn't we? And the idea that a party that for you guys seems normal, for us seems massively difficult. So a small step for us might be turning up to that party and being there for a few minutes saying hi before we went into another room like that might be huge
1: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Whereas for a parent who's not shy or who has a lack of understanding, they might think, oh my gosh, all they did was come in, they only spent five minutes, and then they disappeared. I think there's often a mismatch between expectations and the idea of what's challenging to a shy person may seem like absolutely nothing to somebody who's um, not shy. And I think that's why you see um, this slightly kind of brutal approach, um, which can happen, particularly in schools where shy kids are kind of forced to do things. Um, maybe public speaking or being in plays or performances, for example which is too much too soon.
1: And it's difficult because some children really thrive on on that. Um, And they sort of suddenly, that's their kind of light bulb moment. Actually, I don't need to be shy because actually, you know, I stand on stage and people clapped and people laughed and people, you know, and I feel sort of on top of the world. So it's difficult because some children will really thrive with that challenge. But I can imagine a lot of people would break under that challenge.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to know. You have to know the child really, really well and have a really good understanding before you push it that far. And so my preference would be to build up to it. It's far less risky (laughs) for the child Um, to build up to taking big steps like that rather than throwing them in at the deep end. Um, So best personally I think to build up to it gradually the other thing I would say is we're not used to asking shy people what they need in fact most people have never been asked what do you need to make this better how can I support you what can we do as a family what could we do as a class to support you and And as uh,
1: when you were a child a shy child if someone had asked you that question, would you have had the answer?
0: I was in a very... Um, well, I'm in my forties now. And at that time, we did not discuss this kind of thing. Um, you know, when I first withdrew, um, it was more in my teens that it impacted me. And I did not tell a soul. I didn't even really admit it to myself what was going on and it wasn't in the environment I was in we just didn't talk about mental health we didn't talk about preferences we didn't discuss our feelings really we just led our lives and things were tricky and that was kind of the way it was um and I think if someone had asked me, I think I would have been very relieved to talk about it and try to maybe explain how I felt and that I had all these feelings of shame and embarrassment and self-consciousness and I didn't really know what to do with them or how to handle it and instead I just kept it inside of me for years and years and I kind of had to learn to live with it as an adult as well. And it wasn't until fairly recently, like about three or four years ago, that I realised, oh, I'm shy and that is why I don't like doing these things. There's not something wrong with me uh, and I'm not um, lazy or... Irrelevant or... Yeah, yeah, and I have stuff to say and it's important Um it's just that certain things are difficult for me and I can choose. Do I shape my life and avoid doing them? Or do I just build up to practising those things? So it's a choice. But since I started to talk about it and help other people to do the same, it's become, you know, suddenly it's almost like all the pieces are slotting in and I, it's starting to, things make sense that previously didn't. And mm-hmm. You know, I get messages and emails from people who are in their 60s and they've never spoken about being shy, ever. And I just hope that through this work I can change that and help much younger people to have a better experience of being shy and not feel all those negative feelings about something which arguably is a preference.
1: You know, essentially what you've done is you've been really brave. You've sort of pushed yourself to do things that are, you know, way outside your comfort zone, which I think for all of us is a really beneficial thing, whether you're a really outgoing person or a or a very shy person. It's what that thing, you know, how brave that thing is for you, which is the sort of unique thing. So I remember for years, whenever I went on live TV, I would be suddenly terrified. I'd, I'd literally, my voice would go all sort of shaky. And, but I kind of kept doing it because I realized that every time I did it, it got better and better and better and better. And it was like, it was like working a muscle, that it just became a lot easier. And listen, for many people, that's totally, that's never, never, never going to happen. They'd never be able to do that. But that might be, you know, going to the shop and talking to the shopkeeper or, you know, talking to one person at a party or going to a party where you don't know that many people, whatever it is, it is about finding that thing which to do is being really brave for you, but not being intimidated by but trying, you know, accepting that challenge, which I do think, you know, because you feel so proud of yourself, don't you, when you've done something that you were worried about doing, and you've realised it wasn't as bad. And that in itself will increase your confidence very slowly, but in a sort of, hopefully in a sort of measured way.
0: You know, back in the day, I was, I found making phone calls excruciating. I didn't phone people that I didn't know ever. Um, and so I had to practice. And so now when I look back on it, I do sometimes revert and find that difficult and think, oh, God, I've got to ring that person. Oh, I don't want to. But I'm able to do it because I practiced. And once I'd got good at doing that, You know, the next step is being able to leave a voicemail, which I am not a big fan of voicemail. I still don't like doing it or want to do it um, for so many reasons, but I can. And if I don't, if I wimp out of doing it enough times, then it becomes really difficult again. So I have to keep practising that. And then from there, you can move on to doing bigger things and bigger things so i have been on television you know i have been on <laughs> live which was terrifying itv news talking about this and i would not be able to i would not have been able to do that had i not built the bravery muscles that i have over the years you know it doesn't just suddenly happen and i yeah. think sometimes we expect stuff to come so easily, like so quickly and as if by magic. Whereas I like to help people make a plan. You know, if you think consciously about the things you'd like to be able to do, um, and then figure out the steps that you need to take and commit to those steps and actually take them, then you will be able to move forward and achieve your goal. And then you set another goal. I think it's just that being shy. No one had ever considered using that approach before. It was just not given enough focus or conscious attention. Um, So people never thought to do that or to kind of actually write down, I want to be able to put my hand up in class. So I'm going to practice and these are the things I'm going to do. And once I've got good at putting my hand up in class, Then I'm going to build up to maybe being able to stand at the front and share my work.
1: It's essentially redefining what bravery is, because, Mm -hmm. you know, bravery is not all base jumping and skydiving and going to war. For some people, it is, as you say, putting their hand up in class and saying one thing.
0: Mm -hmm. and it's about telling
1: children that brave is not all i mean we went to see top gun yesterday and it's not all tom cruise flying around fighter jets it's often something that is much more everyday. but brave is so individual what being brave is is such a unique thing that depends on on that person
0: and i think for shy people it comes down to having a voice and that your voice matters um and when we feel like we're not heard or listened to when we speak or when we feel like somehow what we have to say is not important, um, it's easy to speak less and to not push yourself to have a voice. But the point is that if society only has louder voices, outgoing people speaking up in class, um, at work, in friendship groups, on television... You know, if those are the only voices that we hear, it has an impact on everything because we're missing half the population. We're only hearing from a certain type of person. And I think that's why diversity comes into it, why um, this is a diversity and an inclusion issue as well, because we need a range of voices in in everything that we do and quieter voices are important and there's reasons why um it's not just kind of oh yeah let's be nice and let the quiet people have a turn um the point is that when you're not the most outgoing person and when you're not always talking you're listening and observing and thinking and creating and when you're listening you're able to connect with other people and have empathy and be sensitive to the needs of others um, so we need those people to be able to speak up in society because otherwise I think we're missing out on ideas and solutions and insights and so much richness so it is important it, it's not it's not just kind of patronising a pat on the head, like, oh, let's let the quiet people have a go. You know, if we want the best from society, in businesses, in politics, everywhere, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important that we try to be brave and speak up and realise that what we have to say is important.
1: I think what we have to say is important, but also that listening is equally important. And very often the shy people are doing more of the listening. But I was reading something about kind of communication and she was saying the most important thing we do as humans is communicate. And actually the majority of communication is listening to what the other person is saying. And actually there's an argument that shy people are better at listening because they're just not that obsessed about getting their voice out And so maybe they are better positioned to be in positions of power because they're better at listening. And that's the kind of crucial part of the communicating. It's not shouting.
0: For sure. I mean, I think there's no doubt about that really in my mind.
1: One of the things I'd love to talk about is that sort of being self-conscious because I think there is a real kind of shy people often feel extremely self-conscious. And a a lot of people, especially sort of, hormonal, you know, around sort of adolescence become very self-conscious. And one thing that really helped me, and I've talked about with my son, is this idea that you are so much more conscious of yourself than anyone else. You know, it's a bit like, you know, you've got a big spot on your cheek and you look in the mirror and that is all you see. And you go out thinking, people are just going to look at me from across the street going oh my god what a ginormous spot she has on her feet and that's all they can think about whereas in reality no one even notices it because they're looking at your eyes and they're listening to what you're talking about and this idea that you're not that conspicuous you're not you're not actually that as interesting as you think when you walk into the room not everyone's you know stands and looks at you they sort of probably don't notice you coming in and that is actually quite reassuring that it's our minds always playing tricks on us that everyone is judging us that everyone notices all our imperfections and if we make one little slip of the tongue or we say something silly i even get it now people i think oh my god no one's going to forget it what that silly thing that i said whereas actually everyone else has sort of moved on because we of course are the center of our worlds but we're not the center of everyone else's world yes
0: exactly and I think self-consciousness is completely linked to shyness um but the way I think about it is if we're there worrying about the way we sound the way we look the way we move the what we're wearing like every aspect of ourselves um the chances are most well half the population are shy too, so they're feeling pretty much exactly the same. so if they're feeling the same as us, they're worrying about themselves, not us, and then the other half of the population are too busy um, kind of getting on with doing what they're doing to even give us a second thought so. Yeah, it's, it's understanding that we are really not as important to everybody else as we are to ourselves. And I think it's quite freeing, actually, when you realise. And also, um, when people do react and maybe they say something um, or they do something, which we find kind of upsetting, uh, shy people, we tend to catastrophise and hold on to that and feel like, you know, we were snubbed or... um it were very offended because someone didn't react to us the way we wanted them to or they said something which we found to be rude or, you know, too direct. And in a similar vein, um, I think it can really help us to realise that people have stuff going on in their lives and the way they talk and the things they say is often a reflection of the stuff they have going on with themselves and their lives.
1: Mm, Yeah. And I think often talking to a friend about that can, you know, you can see it from sort of a distance and go, well, you know, it's probably that they have had a terrible day and you don't know what's going on in their relationship or their whatever it is. And you talked about kind of the difficulties you had growing up as a shy child in presumably the sort of 90s and the noughties. Um, This is obviously before social media. Mm -hmm. Do you think social media and our prolific use of it? has made the world a harder place for shy people to navigate?
0: So I think there's aspects of online which are useful for us. So in some ways, it's easier to find your tribe. You can, you know, there's communities and forums and clubs for every kind of random interest, which I think is brilliant. So we're not alone. However... (laughs) Social media um it's an it is an extrovert's paradise it really is, and the, the notion of sharing every aspect of yourself of being on camera of being visible of showing up constantly is I want to say this nicely. Uh, It's repellent to us. It is really difficult and it's hard to understand. Um, And I would say it's almost triggering because we see other people constantly showing up and being gregarious and confident and prancing around and we feel like we are not good enough. It's not made for us. We can't do it. And I think for so many reasons, we'll look back on this period of time and see the way that um, our kids' minds are being shaped by this stuff and you know, in 50 years, I wonder where we'll be with it. Um, well,
1: it's it's essentially expanding that notion that outgoing people are the happiest because you're, you're essentially, you know, creating this kind of scoring system. So the more gregarious and outrageous and the more time you spend being gregarious and outrageous, the more likes you get, the more followers you get. And then, you know, people are like, well, they're doing really, really well at life. So it's essentially almost kind of making worse this notion that outgoing people are sort of life success stories.
0: Yeah, but there's another side to it too. So there's a kind of two um, polar opposites. So you've got the kind of people prancing around being happy and marvellous. And we look at that and we think, oh gosh, you know, I can't possibly be like that. I haven't got enough friends, I haven't got enough likes, I'm not this, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not happy enough, I'm not beautiful enough, all those things. And we know about that. But we have this other side where there's extremes around it and there's not so much in the middle. And when you are surrounding yourself by one thing, so when you start going down a rabbit hole... Perhaps of social anxiety, for example, when you're, you know, a shy kid but you don't need medicating, you just need some things to help you handle how you're feeling, some tactics and some tools and a bit of support. If you go down the rabbit hole of something which is essentially a mental illness and you're looking at those images and watching those videos, you see more and more of it on Instagram and TikTok and more and more and more. And that doesn't help either. It just becomes worse. So and you perhaps believe that you are sick, whereas maybe you're not sick, maybe you are a shy person.
1: Yeah, along with 50% it, of the rest of the population.
0: Yeah, so I feel like it's actually dangerous in that respect mm. and it worries me quite a lot. And I even find, you know, when I spend too much time on there myself, getting drawn into these things and thinking on the one hand, oh my goodness, I, you know, I'm suffering. Um, I'm not suffering with social anxiety, I'm shy. And some stuff's difficult for me, but other stuff I'm brilliant at. But then I'm also comparing myself constantly to people who are nothing like me and beating myself up because I feel like I failed at life because I'm not like them.
1: If you have a shy child, do you think it's better for them to be in a school or a class, a sort of year group with fewer children so that it's less intimidating Or is it better to be in a cohort of, you know, a larger cohort of children so that they're more likely to find people they can really connect with who might be a bit more unusual?
0: I think it depends on the school, because I know some schools where there's large classes, but it's actually a really positive environment. There's lots of support. There's a lovely mixture of kids. Everyone's very understanding. I also know schools with small classes where it's very high pressure everyone's a very um you know a certain type of person so I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily about the size of the class and we don't all have that choice um however I th- my my gut feel is that quieter classes with a bit more teacher focus would be a good thing if that's an option but check the school because putting someone who's shy into a very highly pressured um environment with a huge emphasis on competition perhaps wouldn't you know necessarily be a good thing and if there is a lack of neurodiversity um in any class, I think that's going to be challenging.
1: Well, Nadia, it's been so great to chat to you. Um, it's really, really interesting to think about shyness as as this sort of neurodiverse condition, as opposed to a, a kind of downside to a you know negative personality trait. Um, and I think you know it's great what you're doing because essentially you're helping shy people, but you're also helping other people support shy people and as someone who is you know I used to be quite shy but I'm definitely not now but I'd love to be able to support people that are I really genuinely would so it's just it's really really great to chat to you and and I really respect the, the the work you're doing with children
0: oh thank you so much and yeah I exactly you've summed it up it's not just a conversation to have with shy people it's something that we all need to understand a bit more so that we can help each other and that's what life is about in the end
1: absolutely well Nadia has published two books about living with shyness uh shy and mighty your shyness is a superpower and shy and mighty how to step out of the shadows and live a bigger life now one of them is is aimed at children and the other is adults which is which Nadia
0: so the one with lots of pictures that's for kids primary school age and then the other one hasn't got any pictures and that's for kind of slightly older children i would say teenage plus really into adults
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, And thank you all for downloading this episode of The Parenthood. You can subscribe, rate and review wherever you found this podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at But in the meantime, from Nadia and me, thanks for listening.